Hello, this is episode 179 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Nisha Riley. This podcast is about the dejection approach to politics, especially in relation to the American presidential election. It's kind of my weekly election podcast. I could be speaking about Brexit, the last general election in Ireland, the totally right-wing one in Poland recently, or the games that are playing out in New Zealand despite the outside worldview. But let's talk about America. I came across this quote yesterday, which is fantastic. If not us, then who? If not now, then when? It's by John Lewis. And funnily enough, I'm reading the autobiography of Lorraine Hansberry at the moment. And last night, I read a wonderful passage that she wrote about getting to meet some of the young freedom ride leaders of the South. My dear, what truly extraordinary young people they make one almost blind with resuspicion that the human race really is what possible. I guess they are thrilling. She was just so incredibly positive having met these people. And I do understand that because for me, listening to the words of John Lewis, his troop marching on, is incredibly thrilling and possible right now too. It's one of the things that are sustaining me. But then I go on to Twitter and I read the tweets, and I read the responses, and I really worry. I quite often don't really read news articles, I just read the comment section, because it's incredibly indicative of what's really happening for people. It's very easy to just criticise. I think it's taken me a long time to unravel what happened in 2016, and there are many layers to it, and I think one of the aspects is that there's a huge complexity in America with the whole American primaries. And because everybody has to go, first of all, from a position of battleground to defend and promote their own values and their own stance point. And then at some point, they have to do a U-turn and they have to turn around and support whoever is actually the victor. And so that's incredibly confusing for a lot of people to try and navigate their way through. And what's really interesting for me is that depending on how honourable you are about that and how true your motivations, and this is partly when I talk about the motivations and the fact that it leaves an energetic footprint, what you sometimes see is that supporters are only supporters of a person they're not necessarily supporters of the value or the cause or the values that they want to promote or they want to happen in the country. And so when their person that they've backed doesn't end up being the front runner at the end, they then step away from everybody's campaign because they never really cared about the deep-seated reasons for anybody going forward for the office. They only cared about the motivations of that individual. And that's a very confusing place, and it's also a very worrying place to be in. I wrote, in one of the first books I wrote, and actually in the introduction to it, as a sort of a disclaimer to people to actually digest and sit and read the words. And that is that it's always easier to judge than it is to understand. And there's an extraordinary amount of judgment present and very little understanding right now. 
When I first started out in university to represent students with learning challenges, a member of the Equality Board told me, you're not a talker, you're a doer. And it's true, I hate talking about my work. My own family don't even know what I do anymore, and they live with me, and they don't listen to my podcast, which is even better. But I'm not likely to ever go for representation because I'm not a talker. I'm one of those people who works in the background. And there is an aspect You have to be somebody who's not only a doer, but also good at presenting that. And that's a very difficult thing for people to navigate to see the difference between. Because you're looking for the person who's not just talking, but the person who's actually a doer, but is incredibly good at presenting that at the same time. And everyone who knows me will tell me the simple fact of what I've taught them. And that is that the truth is always in the inconsistencies. Actions are real and words are promises. And they're a projection, and they're often an illusion. So you really have to sit and look at the action. Even this week, as I read yet another tweet from probably who has become the renowned tweeter of the world, they are provoking others yet again to be a bully against the woman. The same way as they have promoted much of the racial unrest, the anti-women's agendas, the total lack of equality in the countries. Actions always speak. Look at the wall, look at the children in the cages, and then decide what he has done. It's your choice at this point. You can sit on the sidelines and moan, as many people are doing on Twitter. You can vote for a bully who's not prepared to listen to anyone. Or you can vote for someone who's not perfect and make them listen to you in a proactive way. And those are your choices. There's the same choices that everybody's presented with in every election. There is no perfect candidate, but it's the difference between the people, what their actions represent, what they actually do, and just what they tell you, and what they promote others to do. Those are where the truths lie, 